Hello again, my name is Nadina Arhira and I am so happy to host Madhu Einsiedler's insightful series Improvisations on Growth. I would like to introduce to you the third episode of the four-part podcast series tackling the topic of being right. How many levels of being right are there? Is there a difference between a person being right and a company being right? What if I told you that being right and objectification have common ground? How? Listen to the podcast and find out. I can see that more and more companies, especially bigger ones, they do see this. They do see. But if you ask me, it's a fake awareness. Why? Because they can understand. They're, they're getting smarter in the sense of what you're saying. Every person is different. Let them choose their path. But ultimately, still bring me the money, you know? Because if you see companies like Google, like Apple, and there, there have been some really good movies around with um, showcasing, for example, how they have uh, uh, games on, on, the, on campus, like on the, in, in the offices, how they, they try to create this, this uh, perception of like, we care about the people, we need to stimulate their creativity, we need to give them this freedom everything is covered they have the money their families are invited to our to our events but ultimately if you ask me it's still like okay uh you still need to deliver if you're not bringing this company money and we're not growing and and to me that makes it fake out of the bat but maybe i'm wrong <laughs> i'm not saying i'm right to, <laughs> to feel like that because again if i were to have a business yes I would want to make money, so I get it. And I'm not bringing this up in the sense of, like, exactly like you were saying, it's right or wrong. It's just something that's happening to look at. What What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're spot on. And and for me, the key word here is uh, objectification. The so becomes like a, a means. Of, how do we say it? Uh, a mode to means. The person is always something that should should help the company reach something, so it becomes yeah. like an object. Exactly. Okay. And, and 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 the tricky thing here is, I think, and especially today in in, in our current um, uh, society, also with the social media around, I think we are so used to objectify ourselves, so. We treat ourselves as an object, and an object must function. And usually, you have um, some rules how 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 to make an object function, and and so apply the rules, and then the object functions, and then it does what it needs to to be doing. So it gets you the results. And and for me, this this is the thinking. Um, that we are now applying to awareness. The, the, the businesses in our thinking is so creative that even awareness, creativity, flow, we use these terms and also the techniques as a means to an end. So just as a rule to objectify. So this is how you need to treat the object human resource. And when you apply all those rules, and, and they are um, proven right, then the object human resource 
will eventually deliver the results they're supposed to deliver. Of course, it, it's all about speaking of money. It, it, I, I personally feel it just comes down to money because the, the object could also be a liability. So um, if something goes wrong in the functioning, and I'm using quotation marks for functioning, right? So if something goes wrong and the wire is disconnected, uh, because what you're telling me is actually like treating people like robots ultimately. So if a, a wire is not in its place, the robot becomes a liability. And if it ticks off, and um, of course, the human resources needs to always watch for this. And it's even more objectifying. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that the, 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 the core, I mean, the, there are studies out there that um, at least our Western society has never been more depressed than we are right now. I was so, just so going to say, I'm like, I feel so sad, honestly, like all of a sudden. <laughs> like, it is. So it's it's um, like the, 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 the number of depressions just went up. These are research numbers. Um, and, and we can see that, I mean, mental health is is a topic right now, fortunately. We are now able to talk about it, and somehow, for, for me, this is linked to how we treat people and how people have learned to treat themselves. They have learned to treat themselves as objects, but that also means that it's, it's a matter of, yeah, it's a matter of right or wrong and not of exploring my living system, living and moving and always unfolding and growing system. I also feel like anything that has to do with, um, with the care for the mental health, so to speak, of the object is seen as weakness, especially in the business world. If you show any sign of emotion, it's, um, you're already catered as, as not strong enough for the business world like oh you're too green i've heard that i actually I've, I've heard that a lot in the sense of you're too honest you're too naive you you're too this and that and again uh i'm starting to feel that sadness why has it come to this why has it come to associating weakness with um simply wanting to care for for the human life ultimately that's how i see it because the moment we we continue objectifying and acting like robots might as well in 10 years uh, you know how you see those futuristic movies we just get a chip implant in our brains and that's it uh, we can call it we can just go extinct like i, I don't i'm overreacting but to, just to make the point i think we probably can tie it back to to the industrialization and um, you know the, the the first assembly lines and Adam Smith who broke down the work in, in, in small pieces so so that he can put people after people after people. I, I think the so, wars had to do with this. Kind of started around the the period of the world wars because people they needed to, to get things done fast. And then I think the, the, the next part, I mean, we, we had a part of 
uh, like after the World Wars, where the impact of what we are capable of doing to each other, where we still felt the impact. So after the wars, at least over here in Europe, we had something that, that I would consider as an opening up, like it, it, it's the flower power, the, the, the hippie kind of cake. You see, I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but I need to make that point. When you say someone is a hippie, the connotation these days is like, oh, it's, it's a flu-flu. No, I think I made I know. it, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I totally know. And, and, and I see it as an, so a space opened up. And then in the 80s, um, the neoliberalism came in and we, we somehow turned our focus to, uh, to market, to money. And, um, and, and, the, and, and the myth was that the market will just regulate everything. So, so the market is the solution for everything. And I think right now we have the chance to realize that that's not true because what is happening is the, the market objectifies everything and in objectifying us it basically kills our heart and soul and, and this is what, what we see in the depression numbers and I think it's like right now I see like both uh, trends there the one is okay we need to stick to the market and we need to go further with the objectification so in 10 years we have the, the chip in our heads um, and the other trend is no, no no we 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 need to we need to make room for us humans again because we are not only killing our world our earth but we are killing ourselves and and, and this is maybe not physically but we are killing ourselves psychologically so as long as we feel insecure psychologically insecure we need and and we, we feel psychologically insecure when we objectify ourselves or objectifying ourselves kind of supports our psychological insecurity so i think this is a vicious circle there that the, the more i objectify myself the more i need to look to the outside for justification and verification and i need for guidelines to to which i can comply to and to which i can function to and i think and this vicious in. circle we we, we, we need to break, yeah, and fit in, exactly. So I, I have the attention on the outside, where can I fit in and where can I turn myself into an object? So do, do, do you want to have a square or rather a rectangle? And, and I am shaping myself into this. Instead of putting the um, attention towards myself and trying to discover what kind of shapes shapes I can be and bring this shape into the world because this is really what enhances what enhances and supports our 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 human life you know how they so, say that the, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions i i almost feel like um out of the the intention of being so right we lost track of how wrong we've become. What what would it take to bring that awareness back and um, to to produce a shift, if a shift is even possible? Because the 
um, the the mechanism is is really strong and like you're saying to function you you do need to fit in you do need to be aligned with the general idea of being right unfortunately because otherwise you one does risk of uh, of standing out not in the the good way and I'm putting good in quotation marks how how do we make this choice do we even have a choice first thing is to feel the pain that it costs us to fit in so 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 when i go back back to 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 your saying so um we we try to be so right and yet we are so wrong i i would almost rephrase it so in 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 trying to be so right we we have shut down really important parts of ourselves so that we don't feel the pain. So we don't feel the, and the pain is the price that we are paying, that we are paying for fitting in, for being right, for shaping ourselves to exactly the shape that the outside wants. And, and eventually the pain then goes underground and turns into depression, for example, but that's just an example there. There's, Sometimes the pain goes so deep that people really don't feel it and, and have feel like they're having a happy, perfect life. And, and that's 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 good also. But what I tried to say is, so to answer your question, it is really up to each one of us that that we learn to feel the price, the pain that we are really afflicting to ourselves. Not even to others, but to ourselves. So, and and I and that tied back to business. So, I'm I'm in a business situation, and there, there's like this meeting with my supervisors, and I know I'm not supposed to um, contradict or make an additional suggestion to to what my supervisor is saying because they might not like this. And then there's a so there's a situation and I do have an idea and I want to share it. And I think that it's contributing, contributing and, it, and I think it's enriching and meaningful. But then my fear kicks in and I'm, I'm, I'm holding it back. And to make me feel what it cost me to hold it back. And, and once I allow myself this feeling, this will start to change like everything within myself because eventually I feel that it costs me more than the fear and then eventually I'm like okay I I don't mind the fear I'm just going ahead and say this in the most appreciative way and and express myself and I don't mean as an object as we see on Instagram to express yourself but really my genuine, my, my, my genuine idea. So, so it's also trust. I need to trust myself that I can, okay, this is an idea I have. It might be helpful. It might not be helpful, but I don't need to attach my identity to it. Also, maybe be prepared for negative feedback. Sure. That, yeah. We, we have to take that into consideration too. Exactly. Right? And, it's, and, and to experience that it's not killing me. You know, when, when, when I'm in a coaching situation, I, I always put out, okay, this is an hypothesis. This is an idea. 
tell me if this is helpful to you or not. This is how I address my clients. And then I put out ideas. And then they say, nah, that's not, that's not me. I don't, um, I, I don't see myself like this. Okay, fine. Then we just throw it away. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in a position to be right about my clients. It, it, it's their responsibility to find what is true for themselves. And this is what I help them to find. Their inner truth. And, and the, the, the magic is, once I found my inner truth, the urge to be right just vanishes. Because, you know, I, I, I found the own ground I can stand on. And the inner truth is not hinged on facts. It's like, it's like telling a tree you're wrong. It's like you cannot tell a tree you're wrong. The tree is a tree. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. And, and I am who I am. And, and oh, there's, isn't there this old song, I am who I am, and I'm so from the 70s. There we are again. There's the hippie time again. I guess I'm... <laughs> <laughs> My old soul was a hippie once. <laughs> wow. um, and, and this is beyond right or wrong. So as long as we need to cling to right or wrong, um, it just leads us really down the road of objectification and, and, it, and, it, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the price is just really high. The price is just really high. Thank you for exploring with us even further the concept of being right. Is there an absolute truth or an absolute right? Should we even aim at that? Perhaps the answers are not that easy to formulate, but we sure hope we have created food for thought and opened the doors to more discussions. Please share your ideas with Madhu either by emailing her directly at madhu at or engaging on her social media on Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. <laughs>